Okay, so I'm gonna get a little introduction to Calvin. Calvin is a counseling and teaching mentor in the Prosperous. Calvin's vocation as a life coach has led this year to a preparatory mentoring program for those interested in becoming professional career mentors. Calvin engages with his colleagues for a broader range of activities, focusing not only on his own study and research, but also on interdisciplinary training and mentoring of those in pursuit of building a viable and healthy prosperous community. By the way, he wrote this. He, he doesn't like me to think things up because it's like, <laughs> Too, um, too playful. Okay, one area to rise to raise such awareness is found in the programming of conversations with Calvin, which some of you are attending today, and others will hear a recording in the future. Calvin will introduce a dear friend of mine, Dr. Mara Pinnell, who he will be interviewing today. So now I bring on Calvin Harris. Calvin. Don't forget to mute yourself. I mean, to unmute yourself, Calvin. You got to unmute yourself, Karen. I can't unmute you. You have to unmute yourself. There we are. There we go. Aloha, everyone. Aloha. My goodness. Hello, Boulon, and uh, well, yeah, and uh, David, are you having problems he, uh, with the? It's okay. Okay, good. It's good <laughs> to see you, uh, Heather. Hello, Sarah, Alex, Clint, and and Pat, Sue. I'm just really pleased to be here today and to have this particular conversation. It's it's one of my uh, uh, favorite and it is going to be dealing with uh, so much of what is important to me and, uh, and where me and uh, Mara intersect. Uh, so um, what I wanted to say is that the journey of life, if done well, is a path of one's discovery of higher purpose and greater relationships. Uh, of course, there are those twists and turns and forks in the road, but it's all part of a life being lived well. So uh, based on that definition, I want to have my guests come on, uh, and that would be Mara Pinnell. So Mara, uh, uh, show yourself. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. I am going to... Um, uh, I'm just happy to have you here today and that, and uh, let's go ahead and uh, delve into your journey. Um, I guess you would say that you began as a good Midwestern young lady or girl uh, born and raised in the Midwest with those types of values. Would you say that? 
I, I think that that might be a true statement. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up in Independence, Missouri. Uh-huh. A- and uh, are you um, an only child? or? or... No, I have a younger sister, uh-huh. and her name is Lana. And oh, okay. uh, she lives, I'm living down in southern Missouri now. She still lives in Independence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in growing up in that, uh, I, I know that uh, one of the things that you like to do was as a child was to read. And where did that come from? <laughs> well, you know, interestingly enough, my grandmother used to read to me when I was very little, about two and a half. And I constantly said, Grandma, read me a story. Grandma, read me a story. And she sat me down with the Dick and Jane books when I was three and taught me to read because she didn't have it in her to read that much. (laughs) So I learned to read when I was three years old and I've been an avid reader since then. Mm. Uh, And uh, I think that that has shaped my life a a great deal. Yeah, I think that uh, that, um, reading would. Uh, and it is, I think, one of the foundations of what we consider uh, good education. It's uh, interesting, too, that um, the household that uh, you uh, grew up in was, at the time, I think your father was practicing a type of um, service, a type of, of uh, medical procedure that individuals in this country still had some some suspicion about. <laughs> Could you tell us about what that was? Yeah, my, my dad uh, was one of the people who brought acupuncture to the United States. He studied extensively in Japan and in Taiwan. And in fact, uh, one of the doctors that helped him and uh, his partner, Dr. Gordon Heuser, write their book on acupuncture was a doctor from Taiwan who came and lived in our home for a year. Uh, so I had a very broad spectrum of people visiting from faraway countries that I don't think most little girls growing up in Independence, Missouri had. But it was delightful. It was delightful. Yes, and I think that goes into uh, the array of individuals that you came across at such an, uh, an early age. I'm going to take a, a, um, a, a sidebar here and mention the fact that, um, that um, Mara's parents were involved in the Prosperos when she was a, l- a little girl. Now, the Prosperos, as you know, um, or maybe you don't, was a um, a product of Thane Walker. And um, in Thane's con- uh, concept of the Prospero School of Ontology, that from its conception, it was a synthesis of the best in Western and Eastern spiritual uh, and scientific study. Um, And so many uh, individuals that were either new thinkers or or individuals that were looking beyond what was uh, 
what was appearing there, and they're saying, well, no, no there's something that's not quite right there, uh, came into contact with these kinds of what were considered new age ideas. Um, in the Prosperals, it was a that combination of Eastern and Western uh, spirituality and scientific study was a way to make connections between what is called the human state and that of divine spirituality or that state of consciousness that is inspiring, insightful, and profound. In the formation of the school, uh, Thane traveled across the country, giving lectures and classes on ontology all, through, without, uh, all throughout um, the U.S. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because uh, his students were of all uh, classes and stripes, and sometimes even children. <laughs> And um, Mara, can you just mention that? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I never took a class from Thane, but because he was a friend of my father's, uh, he would come to our home and uh, over a series of several years at many visits, he would sit at our dining room table and he was my first teacher. Uh, and uh, he had a profound effect on my life. Without a doubt, he introduced me to many of the concepts that are part of the reason that I'm sitting here having this conversation today. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so as we can see that education, that word education is, uh, is, uh, has played a um, vital part in the direction and paths that um, Mara has gone in. It's interesting too that um, that in a way you sort of followed in the footsteps of your father. Uh, can you let us know? Well, uh, I went to uh, college and uh, then went on to professional school and became a chiropractor, which is what my dad originally was. Um, at the time that he knew Thane, my dad was both teaching acupuncture and also he was a management consultant for other doctors to help them learn because guess what? They don't teach you how to run business when you're in professional school. Yes, that's, they don't. That's something that's <laughs> left out. So he knew that that was something that needed to be filled. So my first, uh, I wouldn't call it a job, but my first career was as a doctor. I was a chiropractor and I uh, practiced from 1986 to 2006. Uh -huh. And I practiced both in Missouri and in California. Yeah. Also, that, that's true because you were in California for a brief period. When was I lived that? in California for 25 years. Well, <laughs> that's more than a brief period. Yes. That was a significant portion of my life. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So um, uh, then it seems like uh, in 2006, you then decided to go into the business of church ministry. I'm, I'm sure in that position, as in what you did with uh, the chiropractic uh, field, knowing you, you went in fully engaged. And yeah, I think that was this, an interesting journey. Yeah. Go, go ahead and finish your question. And I think this speaks to... Um, 
that concept of focus and, and integrity and in about what you do. Because it's interesting that when you say minister, um, it, uh, one of its connotations is that of a, a administer, uh, administrator or someone who administrates. So I'm sure that that would definitely have been a full-time position. <laughs> uh, it ended up becoming so. Um, I first uh, got involved with religious science in 1990, 1990. Mm -hmm. and in that, when I first came in, I started to hear some of the concepts that I had been taught by Thane. So this sparked my interest. And um, I first became a practitioner, and then I became a minister. Uh, it's, a, it's a long program all the way through. There's about, well, there's uh, three years of classwork, and then there's two years to become a practitioner, and another three years to become a minister. So that was a, quite a journey through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up uh, working as uh, assistant minister to uh, Dr. Jim Terrell, who had a very large, uh, over 300 member congregation. And uh, assistant minister means administrator, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had to, I did a lot of keeping track of stuff and directing what people were doing and uh yeah, that was very much an administrative position, as well as the fact that I occasionally got to speak and, mm -hmm. and, and to do fun things and classes and things like that. But yes, it was an administrative position. It's interesting then that with that experience, uh, that then you, you went on your own as a senior uh, minister, and there were some things that you then brought, projects that you were then able to work on as a senior um uh, minister, and can you kind of tell us about those? Well, I, I've done two senior ministries where I started new works. I started a work in independence um, I, that ran for almost five years, and then I moved back to California because our youngest daughter was having a baby, and they're like, oh, please come, please come, please be here. We need her, you in her life, and then, of course, uh, her, her father, who's also a religious science minister, uh, got a call and they moved to uh, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was holding the bag. Anyway, um, we then, after a couple of years, I went back to work for Jim and then we came to Idaho. And in Idaho, I did start a church, but that wasn't my main focus of ministry. Uh, my main focus there had to do with when I first moved there, I began to hear stories about LBGT plus uh, people, especially trans people who were under the age of 18, who had been kicked out of their homes and were couch surfing to survive, basically. And out of that, I created a light in the window. And through that, discovered that most of the adults in that area were not looking for anything. But what I did end up focusing on were youth. And I'd been a youth worker already. So I knew how to talk to youth. I knew how to relate to youth. And so I started what became an LGBT youth ministry. Um, although they didn't know that they were learning uh, 
uh, spiritual ideas. <laughs> <laughs> because they would have run for the hills if they had any idea. But, <laughs> but in the process of that, um, I started what became, to my mind, one of the most successful things I ever laid my hands on because the kids needed a place where they could come, where they could be who they were, do it safely and be recognized as individuals. And the truth is that I learned that from Thane. That's, yeah. that's where I learned that. I learned that from Thane yeah. because he never treated me like a little kid. He listened to me. Mm. He talked to me. He was interested in what I thought and what I had to say. And I have tried to bring that to my own ministry with the youth uh, when I was in Idaho Falls. And uh, that was a spectacular uh, experience working with those kids. And I, when we moved here a month ago, I turned that over to uh, a, a wonderful person who has a lot of uh, she's got a lot of psychological background. She's got uh, a degree in um, social work and she loves those kids. She's on the LGBT uh, alphabet herself. And <laughs> uh, she's just the perfect person for it. And so it's in good hands. That's what I know. That's excellent. So as we can see, these are some of the twists and turns and where the uh, road will fork. And with each of those, it's interesting uh, to be willing to be open to the new experiences, to new education that comes with each of those. Because I'm sure uh, when you were talking about the educational process to get the tools and things necessary that you needed uh, for chiropractic work, that uh, you said the amount of time that went on with that, but also you had to write a thesis for that, did you not? And no, we actually, I had to take a series of very serious examinations and an oral panel for that. Um, so uh -huh. uh, actually the thesis that I'm working on right now, these are my first thesis, but I did uh -huh. write other papers. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee I wrote a lot of papers in college. <laughs> And through and, ministerial training. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then the um, that interrogation process when you went through the ministry was very important, was it not? Oh, yeah. And that was also a large part of the testing for, for becoming a licensed chiropractor. So there was mm -hmm. a piece of that. I went through uh, the, the interrogation process to become a practitioner and then again as a minister. And then when I was ordained, once again. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm actually pretty comfortable with being interrogated. <laughs> but that, it, but it, that, that process is just uh, so important to see if the tools are your own, not something that is uh, in the textbook, but something to kind of really see that that is uh, something that you've made your own as part of the word that I like to call a calling. Yes. Could you say something about uh, uh, calling and maybe that need of calling versus an ego need to have a title? 
Yeah, I was I was never looking for a title. Um, you know, it's really funny when I became a minister through religious science. That I would guarantee that, that there was a calling to that. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking to be of service, and I can tell you that, that calling actually started long before that. When I started taking philosophy classes in a, as an undergraduate in college, there was there was a call in that, that I didn't understand where it was trying to take me. And as I, the more I studied spiritual philosophy, the more I became aware of where that calling was headed. Um, and once again, I'm following that calling into the next segment because uh, as, as you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the process of, of a segue from religious science and I'm a member of the Prosperos, but into being a member of the High Wash and a mentor as Let, well. Uh, let's go into uh, how did you reconnect with the Prosperos? Well, we can thank Ben for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was on Facebook one day and one of uh, the ministers that I know posted a post that Ben had posted. And I contacted her and I said, do you know Ben? She said, well, I follow him. I don't know him. I said, I know him. How do I find him? <laughs> and then I reconnected with Ben and he invited me to, um, it was a conversation that he had. It was a conversation group. And uh, many of the people that were there, I don't know if all of them were, but many of them were Prospero's mentor, mentors. And uh, I got reconnected through that. And I said, you know, uh, I don't know if Suzanne Deacons is on, but when I was about 15, I think that I took uh, translation with the, she was teaching to some of my dad's clients and staff. And I think I took translation. I didn't understand it then. I, I didn't have enough background to fully understand it, but I took the class. Um, and so I said to Ben, I said, how do I go about taking the classes? Is the Prospero still active? Is there, you know, because I, when Thane died, I lost all track. Um, I knew that he had died. I had gotten a newsletter and I think that was the last newsletter I ever got from the Prosperos. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, he, and I thought that you were gone, which was heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. And then when I discovered it was still there and suddenly he's, contacting Al Haverkamp, the dean, and, and different people. And suddenly there's classes available. And so I, I took translation with Al, and then I uh, took uh, Releasing the Hidden Splendor with um, um, Oh, I'm having a moment. <laughs> with Heather. Uh -huh. and, um, and so suddenly I have the opportunity and then I get contacted by Alex. And a lot of this is Alex's fault. He knows that. Um, <laughs> Alex Gambo contacts me and says, uh, we're going to do this uh, FYL, this Finding Your Life class. Uh, would you like to be in it? So I joined in with that and got acquainted with that group. And then that's segued into fourth way. And then the next thing I knew, I'm being introduced to you, Calvin. <laughs> And uh, just, it's all been, without a doubt, unpredictable good. Mm. None of it could have been scripted because mm. there was no way 
that I knew that any of it existed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's been, uh, quite frankly, so far, it's all been an amazing journey. Mm-hmm. I like the, what you were saying about un predictable good, because I think that is the heart of what translation is about, is not expecting a particular outcome, right? but being open to what happens. Do, can, would you want to talk about that a bit? Well, you know, in religious science, uh, there's always been a little bit of a schism, because there's a a group in religious science that says, you don't want to outline anything. And then there's another group that says, oh yeah, you want to be as specific as possible. Mm-hmm. But here's my my thought about that. Um, my beingness, my uh, consciousness, conscious of consciousness, knows better than my mind, mm-hmm. my, you know, my personal consciousness. It knows better how to fulfill what I need in my life. And it's been a very long time in my life since I've tried to outline mm. what needs to show up. But I, but I have been, even before I knew that term, I have been seeking my unpredictable good. And as I said, almost everything related to my ministry has unfolded that way because almost every bit of it came from pieces that I didn't know existed. I couldn't <laughs> have scripted any of it. So uh, here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. Uh, and, in the midst of my unpredictable good. And with that, though, you have been able to craft for yourself a mission statement. And can you share with us what your mm-hmm. mission statement is? Yes. Clarity, wholeness, vision, now and into the future. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, so, I Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that really, for me, those three pieces are what's necessary. You you have to have clarity. You have to know what wholeness is. And and for me, when I think of truth, I think of wholeness because that's one of its main attributes in my life. Uh, and then you have to have vision because it's not about today. It, it, mm-hmm. Part of it's about today, but it's also about the future. What, what shall we expect in the future? I mean, the, the most exciting thing that has happened to me in the last two years was discovering that the Prosperous was still available to me. And mm. um, it would be to my heart and my mind uh, a travesty if any of that was lost. Mm. So the fact that, that all of the, the tapes that, that they had that have been able to be saved and and transferred into mm-hmm. um, the the uh, computer program stuff that it has um, the fact that that has not been lost has mm-hmm. been everything to me because I would sit in classes in FYL and in fourth way and listen and it was like having thing there again that's <laughs> what it was like for me mm-hmm. uh, because he was such a big figure in my life mm. that I, uh, the fact that he wasn't lost to me and, mm. and here I sit amongst the prosperous today. Uh, it means a lot to me. Mara also uh, with that, um, um, we, we talk about 
about in integrity and some of the things that go on with that word of integrity is uh, responsibility and accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think as a serious student, uh, that your focus in the fork and the road that you're taking at this point is to move in that direction of not only just getting the material, but being being a uh, conduit for the future. Tell us what like goes of that. Tell us. I, um, I would like that. I, I realized uh, Heather and Al know this because they were both there. Because Al said, you know, we, we need people to be able to teach more of these classes and do all of this. And I said, I think I can do that. Mm. And he said, well, there's a process. And I said, great, let's let's start that process. And so I'm in that process. You know, for the last four years, I've had an online presence as uh, as a speaker. Uh, before mm. that, I've had uh, a wonderful opportunity to be a speaker in large churches, and I've spoken at different churches across the country, things like that. Um, I've, I've spoken to groups of a thousand or more uh, in, in some cases, and it, it's, all, it's all given me, um, in my own vision, my own vision includes the idea of being able, in a strange way, Because I know we don't really proselytize, but we need to proselytize in a sense. Mm. Um, It needs the the teaching and the classes and the ideas that that, uh, he both gathered and created them. And they need to be moved on because there is an audience for this out there people who are serious, like I was Mm. when I found it. And, And I would. Uh, not for any great, you know, oh, look at me, look at me. But I would like to be a part of being able to help spread that. Mm. Uh, and that's why I decided to uh, move towards the High Watch and mentoring. Mm. Uh, I want to be a professional mentor, uh, both as a teacher and I, as a minister, I've been uh, counseling people for, mm. for a very long time in regards to truth. Um, mm. And and, and move in that direction uh, is really, uh, I don't know what that's going to look like, but that's my vision <laughs> for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and going through um, um, uh, the preparation for this and that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have found it exciting and delightful uh, and that uh, just... Um, being able to ask you, uh, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I don't understand this. And this is coming from someone that has had years of that. But your response to this of, aha, yes, let me rewrite that. Let me do something else that uh, I just find refreshing and exciting. Uh, as a uh, teacher and as a mentor. So I, I thank you uh, for that. Well, as you well know, it, it, it's been necessary for me to uh, relanguage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been a large part of it because as I said, I heard concepts that I had heard from Thane when I found religious science, but there's, there's a difference in uh, terminology 
And there, and there is a difference in the ideas. I mean, Ernest Holmes talked about ontology, but that wasn't his main focus. Mm -hmm. So there's a piece of that that runs through religious science, but, but, um, in fact, uh, truth be told, I used to argue with my first religious science teacher about stuff that I'd learned from things. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like uh, like I'm back home. And so I'm having to relearn some terminology and, uh, and that, but uh, it's been good. It's been good. And it's been wonderful working with you, Calvin. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Thank you, Mara. Well, thank you. Because it is that excitement. It has uh, been a, a learning experience for me also, working in that area of, uh, of interrogation and, uh, and its process, where uh, it's not about giving the person the answer, but having them draw the answer yeah, out. Yeah, to draw it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, that is, is just been very worthwhile for me also. So uh, thank you for that. Um, so um, in moving forward, because we talk about these things and as, as you can see in your life journey, this whole business that I talked about earlier about discovery and purpose and, and, uh, and, and association, uh, didn't happen overnight. This is a, a process that, of years. And so many individuals, when they plan something, they think it's going to happen overnight or that they don't have to do any research or they don't have to do anything. I came up with this idea and so it's going to happen. Well, <laughs> uh, time is a very interesting thing, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, completely, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have is... an idea it's going to happen. That's hilarious. <laughs> 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 but and this is the the situation is that what if there is an idea then focus it get it so that it is tangible so that you can then bring that about but know what you don't know uh, because the big problem with many people is they don't know what they don't know and to have the courage to say, I don't know what I don't know, is monumental. <laughs> I, I would say that you're absolutely right about that. And as you know, I've admitted, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing to, there's nothing to defend. Uh, that, that to me is an, an ego thing. I don't have to defend that I don't know it. Some of it is just that uh, I haven't had it presented in a way that fully uh, worked its way in <laughs> uh, to my mind. Uh, and, uh, and so your, your tutelage in that has been uh, premier. Just, I just want you to know that you have, oh my goodness, working with you has, uh, first of all, it's helped a lot in, in relearning a, a new language. Uh, but it's also helped a lot in uh, consolidating ideas and mm -hmm. uh, and finding the correct words for expressing those ideas. So not just in my papers, but in class and and everywhere else. Um, so 
Thank you. I am just very excited uh, when you will have your your thesis papers written and and presented and, and you go through your interrogation because uh, Mara, I can tell you, you will be an exceptional teacher because mm -hmm. of the and the key that uh, to my workshops are the fact that it is for the professional mentor which means that there is one that is that they have no other no other agenda. Um, Thane used to talk about that the only uh, degree that we needed was the um, high watch or mentors degree and that it was comparable to any um, uh, master's degree out there if understood properly, which he didn't say, which I think is so important. So uh, um, having someone that has worked through universities in this and then seeing how this program is working, I think is, is, is important because what, it, what we're talking about here is the future. Absolutely. We're talking about the future. We're talking about, you know, my commitment to my own future, but also my commitment to uh, to sharing this mm -hmm. information on a broader scale. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure that there, I mean, I know within the mentors, there are other people that are sharing this information. I know that. Um, but outside of the Prospero's, I'm not really sure who's sharing this. It mm -hmm. and, and once again, I want to make sure in my own mind, that I've done everything I can to make sure that it continues on. Mm. Absolutely. And the yeah. other thing, too, is that we're looking for those people that have the calling, that have the calling to, to that their, one of their major focuses will be uh, the, um, the Prospero's teaching. And that's not a part-time job. That's, that's something, because what, what we know about administration is that that's something you have to do daily. <laughs> that's Unfortunately, not yes. That, that's not something <laughs> you can put off and, and whatever. So it's getting these uh, retooling, relearning these, these kinds of procedures and, and uh, that business acumen that you were talking about earlier that will take us into the future because One the future of the greatest things yeah go ahead. No, go ahead no 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 you no, go, go ahead, ahead please no you no, go I was ahead. Say, <laughs> the greatest things that, that happened with me was before i even became a practitioner i was invited to the board of the mm -hmm. church uh mm -hmm. and i ended up being president of the board for eight wow. years and mm -hmm. so i learned about the business of a spiritual community yes. which uh is a very different thing from Absolutely. Any kind of, mm. it, it is a business. It is a business. And yet there's a whole other side to it that has to be uh, incorporated. With exactly. That. So it's a, it's a funny balance. It it's is. a very funny it balance. Is. Yeah. It is. But it does take into the, the, uh, the, into that role, accountability and responsibility. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd like an to. Agreement. Uh, an agreement. An agreement. <laughs> oh, one of the, one of the first things we talked about, an agreement. <laughs> yes. Excellent. 
Well, I want to thank everyone for being here today and for those that uh, will be listening uh, at another time in that, um, I will want to say, um, uh, I've always felt that our school is a futurist organization. And that has been the, the drive and the direction that I have had because I think it's so vital in so many ways. So with that, I'm going to say, Thank you all for your contributions to that and aloha.